Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about jewelry. Even more, we are going to cover methods how you can promote jewelry brands because we today have an awesome guest, Larissa Virstuk. How are you? I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm doing great. I know you founder and creative director of Joy Joy, a Los Angeles-based digital marketing agency that focuses only by promoting jewelry brands, you know, and I love it because in i see uh, marketers who uh, pay attention to one direction focus all their efforts in one specific direction they provide much better results from my experience before we start just tell more about yourself experience background and why you decided to share more about uh, content marketing in jewelry brands sure so i started my business joy joy uh about six years ago now. Prior to that, my career had been in marketing. I think I've been doing marketing for like 13 years now or something like that. Um, but right. I decided to focus on the niche of jewelry because I'm very passionate about jewelry. I love the product. And also because I felt there was an untapped opportunity to really hit on the emotional part of the jewelry experience. So many brands out there are focused on product. They're focused on discounting, price cutting, you know, making their jewelry into a commodity when really there's so much emotion and story behind it that no one is really capitalizing on. So I wanted to help brands do that. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, you know, I think emotions uh, are the best, you know, working technique uh, if you create any marketing channel. And for example, I remember when Tim Cook shared about new Apple Watch after that, I bought pairs you know for me for my wife for my kid because you know in our family i can't buy just one item because they probably kill me <laughs> but you know uh, in reality uh i didn't buy this apple watch because of features i bought because because of the story how this apple watch can decide my problems and you know when i check out this presentation I, I, you know, I, I got the feeling that I own this Apple Watch. I uh, got the feeling, so yeah, I can check out not only time, but many other things, yeah, health issue. So yeah, I love it. Can you tell about creating marketing strategy, considering emotions, how to consider, uh, to find topics, uh, or uh, I don't know, like to create content, considering emotions, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, it's tough because it's such an abstract thing and it's so different for every brand. But I think especially for like the small and medium businesses, when there's an owner who's very involved in the marketing, they're so close to the product that it's hard for them to really see like what is the true essence, the meaning, the values of this. Instead, they're just like, oh, this is a pretty thing. People should just like it because it's pretty, right? <laughs> but they yeah. forget that there's so many pretty things out there in the world and people are very distracted by the next shiny object. So we have to do a lot of digging to really find out like what is the real differentiating factor here because it's not going to be that your product looks nice. It just doesn't hold up in 2022, unfortunately. <laughs> Nice, nice. Uh, let's talk about digging. Uh, can you tell your methods how you uh, search um, or learn about customers? Because 
I found that the era of lazy marketers is that, you know, we can't rely only on tools or online uh, studies. It's better to uh, spend more time by creating the right strategy. Let's talk about digging. Uh, share your practical tips how to do it. Well, so much of it starts with understanding the customer. And I don't think enough brands are spending enough time with that. Like they think they know the customer or they quickly will write up like some customer personas and then say, what do I do with this? Or like, how does it apply? But I think it takes time. You have to evolve because that information changes as you grow your business. It takes time actually talking to your customers. If you have like business partners or retail partners talking to them, like truly understanding what their motivations are, what their roadblocks are, and like continuing to uncover that. And that's not like a one and done thing to your point about like the quick fix. This <laughs> yeah. is like a long-term endeavor and you have to keep like chipping away at, at that. <laughs> I, I found that people are looking for golden buttons, you know, uh, like a golden jewelry when you click and yeah, you got everything by using many tools like Ahrefs, SEMrush, Serenity, and many others, you know, when you find a list of keywords, yeah, it's golden button. And I see when webmasters take high volume keywords and can imagine, wow, how much traffic I can get by covering these keywords. But, you know, in reality, you need to compete with Wikipedia. Some keywords don't sell, you know, high volume keywords especially. It's hard to achieve ranking positions. Can you tell your methods? Because uh, before the podcast, you mentioned that in most cases you cover about uh, you get traffic from SEO can you tell how to find the right keywords considering unique selling proposition and uh, customers intent yeah so it can be tricky too to your point about the high volume keywords there are a lot of like case studies I'll see online about these marketers who achieved all this like amazing traffic results or these amazing rankings but are those actually translating to sales are those going to be the qualified customers so we really need to dig in again, going back to the brand story, what makes this brand unique? How can they create like a niche within the industry? Because so much on Google is very competitive with jewelry, especially like engagement rings, wedding bands, forget about it. Like it's <laughs> super competitive. So we sometimes even carve out a niche where there maybe wasn't one before, especially when we're optimizing for search. So a brand could maybe sell a lot of different categories, but then we'll focus on like one particular product category that we think could be very niche focused in Google, get a lot of high intent traffic. It might not look great on paper because maybe it's not getting like a ton of search volume, but we know that those customers are, they're looking for something specific and they're going to be the most qualified, the most interested in buying that product. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about content. Uh, you know, it's interesting. For example, uh, I'm not good with fashion, uh, with jewelry, but you know, I, I, but I can imagine that customers are looking not for uh, reading uh, text, you know, uh, long text. Uh, let's imagine they are looking for uh, check out uh, images, you know, awesome images, uh, real photos. Uh, can you tell how to create high quality content for jewelry industry? What kind of information to submit? Well, for example, if we have a list of keywords, we have content plan, but what? how to create this content? Yeah, well, I think a lot of, 
people shopping for jewelry, especially if they're new to it, they don't really understand the materials very well. Mm -hmm. They want to make sure they're getting a good value. Sometimes they're not even quite sure how to wear it. Like, how do I style this jewelry with my with my outfit? So a lot of times at the beginning of their journey, they're looking for more educational content. And that becomes even more true the higher price point item they're looking for because they really want to make sure that they're spending their money wisely. So making that educational content and building out, as you said, with images that really like can visually show how to do these things, how to style, how to take care of your jewelry. Those are all super important because the consumer wants to feel like they can trust you before they buy from you. I think with jewelry, especially. Mm -hmm. How it's important to submit real photos, not from uh, stock uh, resources, uh, because, you know, in some industries we use stock photos, it works well. But what about Julia? I think it depends on the actual blog post or piece of content mm -hmm. itself. I have one client where I think they get along fine. We use a lot of stock photography, but it's kind of, I don't really know how to describe it. it just works with like what we're talking about with them and i don't think anyone would like bat an eyelash but there are definitely other brands where you really need to show the actual product that brands like own assets so it's kind of a case-by-case -case situation mm -hmm. okay uh let's talk about uh how to differentiate customers for example uh, my mom uh, she was born in ex-soviet union and you know she doesn't care uh no uh let me clarify about that she uh, is looking for a better price you know when they buy some jewelry yeah because of her, her nature you now she doesn't want to uh spend a lot of money but my wife is quite different you know <laughs> she can <laughs> buy something expensive luxury and i know some of my friends are as well can you tell how to differentiate them you know into different categories uh when you create content because someone is looking for uh i don't uh, uh, like not expensive brands not expensive jewelry others uh, want to get brilliant i don't know gold uh, tell more about differentiating them or yeah that's a great question personally if we're talking about those two categories of customers like the one who's just shopping for price and the one who really wants like a brand and quality I'm not sure that one business can cater to both of those customers. I think you need to choose a lane. Like either you are the business yeah. that is like the discounted jewelry and you stick with that and you focus on attracting those customers or you are the business that's trying to attract based on like brand and value. You might accidentally get like one or the other, but I think you really need to focus if, you, if you're kind of choosing from those two options. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, uh, let's uh, you focus as well, you know, in one specific industry. So yeah, I love focusing. And uh, I see when, you know, the masters are trying to create a lot of content at scale without focus on priorities. Well, let's talk about priorities. Can you tell how to prioritize your content? Because, you know, for example, if I create content plan, with a hundred topics, a lot of topics, but uh, I need to choose uh, some topics because my resources are limited as usual, you know, and uh, uh, so, uh, for example, I can write like uh, two pieces of content in, in a month. Is it enough or not? Tell more about that. Yeah, and I do work with a lot of smaller businesses that are are limited on resources on the kind of content they can create. I think if you're going to 
kind of focus on one thing and prioritize. Choose the things that are the most evergreen that in maybe six months from now, a year from now, you can actually go back to it and maybe expand a little bit. It can be built out into like a bigger uh, more lasting resource. So choose the things that you can continue like evolving and, and growing rather than like maybe those seasonal ones or like new product or new collection instead like a more educational resource would be great. Like how to wear different necklace lengths or something like that and keep, keep building and expanding on it so it can become longer, more detailed. Maybe you can do other things with it eventually. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, let's talk about call to action. You mentioned a few times about educational content, but how to submit the right call to action and lead your audience uh, to uh, the top funnel where you actually want to sell products? Sure, that's a great question. Well, definitely if it's an educational piece of content throughout the piece, try to keep illustrating whatever point you're making with examples as your of your products as examples so then your call to action would be like oh go go see this to kind of understand like what we're talking about so there's always that call to action to go to product pages and then i think it's super important and especially if you're at a higher price point they're probably not going to buy right away at a certain price point threshold you need to get that person on your email list so it's great to have some kind of lead magnet or something connected to that blog post that maybe advances them further along the journey. But now you have their email address and they're not just leaving and you like lost them forever. So it's super important to get information <laughs> from them. Okay. Uh, let's talk about EAT, Expertise Authority Trust. Uh, you know, for example, I usually create content in crypto topics and it's very important to highlight your expertise, that you know this topic, that you can uh, create high quality content. Uh, and I see the same issue in medical niche, uh, health uh, niche, when, you know, uh, people, uh, customers wanna cooperate with uh, uh, experience, experts on this niche. What about jewelry? It's important to be an expert on this niche or uh, if you have this passion, you just create content and uh, get Google ranking. Well, I think since it's not something like medical or so, which is like very <laughs> much you need to be an expert, um, if you can create like lengthy, bulky, value-driven content, I think that that's really the goal. But a big mistake that I see is brands that come to me are like, oh, I outsourced these blog posts to like some person in some country and they're just turning them out with keywords. And I look at them and they just they're not interesting <laughs> or like, <laughs> I guess they're SEO optimized, but like who would read this? It's boring. It's not interesting. <laughs> and to me, I think content is most successful, not just when it's for SEO, but when you can actually use that as like an anchor for something you could use in an email or repurpose it on social media. So if you're going to take the time to make that content, build it out, put resources behind it, like make it interesting so that you could actually get more out of it, like get some juice out of it. <laughs> uh, you remind me, Jim Edwards, uh, I spoke with him on my podcast and he was a uh, ex uh, top manager in business insider and uh, they started company from scratch and uh, if i remember correctly they sold company for 500 million dollars uh, yeah and grow company to uh, thousand employees 
in, around the world and he told me uh, their success was about creating non-boring content in boring niche so uh, yeah when you read you know for example i love reading books i love read but you know if i read adventure books uh, or i don't know like uh, non-fiction books uh, jack london for example you know i can read eight hours without any stop i can forget about eating about drinking about anything but if i read business books it's not the same experience. <laughs> no, <laughs> some, sometimes you want to sleep, you know, and they are good uh, for sleeping, you know, when you have the problem with sleeping, so you can read, sleep yeah. well all night. <laughs> and yeah, and you remind me about creating uh, emotional content, non-boring content. Uh, yeah. Uh, can you tell uh, your methods how to write text that uh, keep uh, users uh, uh, to consume the whole article or read the whole article because Google considers user experience. Uh, tell about your methods. Yeah, well, definitely, especially with jewelry, which is such a visual thing, there needs to be a lot of visual support for the written content. So whether that's photographs, graphics, video, et cetera. So that can keep someone engaged from the top of the page to the bottom of the page. And then of course, structuring the writing in a way that doesn't make your eyes want to explode when you look at it. <laughs> so lots of white space, headings, sections, if it makes sense, like bullet points, lists, you want to consider the whole yeah. thing from a visual perspective. And then I think also, and this is why it's so important to know your customer and know your brand is like, try to really develop a unique voice that doesn't just sound like, you know, you hired someone on Fiverr to write some boring blog post, but have a unique perspective and viewpoint so that someone is like, oh, this is kind of different. Like, I'm kind of interested yeah. to see this. And that's, and a lot of business owners and even a lot of marketers who don't have a strong writing background are intimidated by that because writing is difficult. Stepping into a voice is really difficult. And that is why content creation should not be undervalued or trusted to like, you know, the, the whoever freelancer that's just churning stuff out. Because if you're going to take the time to do this, it better be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, guys, I'm not against Fiverr uh, or any other. Oh, yeah. Platform. No, sorry. No, no shame to Fiverr. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, by the way, I uh, hire some great uh, freelancers on Fiverr, but in most cases, they can help me uh, to, you know, uh, to create captions for my videos. Uh, they are good with some design, but I completely agree with you about uh, writing. You know, uh, I stop... Uh, hiring uh, writers uh, for any niche uh, because I usually uh, search for experts you now who know the topic, who can provide something new, valuable, because most copywriters just rewrite existing content and it's hard to stand out from the rest. They don't understand the topic. And for me, I don't know, for example, if you ask me to write uh, a blog post about jewelry, no way, guys, you know, my t-shirt costs like uh, $5. <laughs> I can create something interesting and with emotional stuff for uh, women who loves jewelry. No way, it's not for me. So it's better to search for experts. I completely agree. Can you tell about editing? How it's important to edit 
text uh, after writing because I see this issue uh, when uh, many websites create a lot of content and don't edit them. But editors can simplify experience, can provide something new, can uh, many things to do. What do you think about editing? Yeah. So it just reminded me of this study that I saw on the internet a couple of days ago. I wish I could remember the source. I think it was in the Stacked Marketer newsletter. And there was a study about how word count directly impacts revenue and that copy that had fewer words and was more simple and straight to the point actually ended up generating more revenue than like a more elaborate copy. So with editing, even if you're like the best writer and the best content creator in the world, if you can really get that writing down to like the core and take out all the fluffy words, yeah. you have a better chance of actually like getting a result from it. Yeah, yeah, okay. We have the question from Rahul. Uh, interesting to see the reasoning behind content creation. How much time do you think in general will content creation alone generate sales and revenue? An example from your experience. I think, yeah, the most question about uh, monetization. Uh, can you tell uh, from your experience, possible the average data if you uh, write blog posts uh, have content plan uh, yeah how it can help you know to monetize to get uh, actually income revenue yeah it's definitely not a quick fix thing i usually give it like three months at a minimum to start seeing the cumulative results of it but it could take up to six months and longer but i have seen i do have one client we kind of did what I mentioned before, we targeted a niche within their business and we focused on an underperforming product category. And I we wrote this whole blog post about it, specifically about this one product. And within three months, we saw, I wish I could remember off the top of my head, but it was a very significant increase in traffic. And then suddenly we started seeing revenue generated on this one product that before no one had really been buying because they just didn't even like notice it on their website. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, Larissa, I have the question about, you mentioned stand out from the rest. I love it. You know, for example, I see when content creators copy influencers on social media, for example, on TikTok, someone is trying to dance if they can't, uh, to sing if they can't. You know, I think you need to be yourself on the first stage uh, because you have your strong side don't try to copy others and uh, uh, on LinkedIn I had the same issue when I tried to grow my audience I, I copy others created the same content but results didn't come to me then I got it no way I need to consider my strong side can you tell how to stand out from the rest in jewelry niche for example if someone uh, on this niche wanna uh, I don't know like to overcome competitors and be yourself <laughs> It's a great question. And I think, first of all, leaning into content, everything I'm talking about would help the jewelry industry in general, because I think 99% of businesses in this industry are too focused on Instagram and influencer and paid ads. And that is their primary customer acquisition channel. And then they're like, why isn't this working the way I <laughs> thought it was going to work? Or the algorithms are annoying and they're always changing. But not many people are leaning into content at all um, because they think nobody reads anything. Yeah, because you're because it's boring, <laughs> you know, so there's a way to do it that's interesting 
and not enough people trust it because they think, yeah, but nobody else is doing that. Everyone else is selling on Instagram. So isn't that what I'm supposed to be doing? But then, okay, it's not working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, uh, once I told my client, you need to launch a podcast. And he replied to me, why I need to do it? Because all my competitors have no podcast. I told him, it's your chance. You know? Yes, hello. <laughs> Use what they ignore, you know, yeah. If, I don't understand uh, that mentality at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If all your competitors are on Instagram, probably take Pinterest, you know. Uh, even, you know, I like to take some social media that uh, are not related to my niche because, you know, uh, for example, TikTok. Let's talk about TikTok. Of course, TikTok is not for B2B. But uh, who told this? You know, one billion people on TikTok. And all of them, uh, some of them can work in B2B industry. You need to create content that related to uh, buying mood on TikTok. You know, uh, for example, uh, people, when they open social media, they're not ready to buy. They want to engage, you know, with content, to speak with friends. But if you create content that are related to their uh, buying mood, and you can change the, this mood, you know, in the end, we uh, cooperate with people. So uh, if you create content for people and they can see your brand, why not? Even on TikTok, you can sell for B2B. And the last time I see more often B2B brands jump on TikTok, you know? <laughs> so yes, I, yeah, I love that. I did an episode on my own podcast recently about using LinkedIn for D2C. And we all know LinkedIn is a B2B platform, but I think there are a lot of opportunities, maybe not to reach your end customer, but to take steps maybe with brand partnerships, um, like collaborative marketing with other business owners. I think there are still ways to advance your marketing on a platform where they're not even really focused on at all. Yeah. On LinkedIn, 800 million people. And, uh, it's not enough content uh, for other industries. Uh, for B2B, a lot of content, but, but for others, it's not enough. So if you can create compelling content, yeah, LinkedIn will share your content and you can get high results. Yeah, I love it. Okay, Larissa, I have the question about common mistakes. Can you list common mistakes that webmasters still do or companies still do and uh, your uh, advice how to avoid them? Well, one that I just said, doing what all your competitors are doing and expecting different results or wondering why it's not working, um, not understanding your customers as deeply as you really could and should to really understand their pain points and how to speak to them. Let's see. Uh not measuring <laughs> like you would be surprised how many businesses are just not in touch with the kpis or even have goals around them or maybe they kind of just glance at them because someone sends them a report once a month but they don't truly understand like how to make decisions based on that data and yeah i think those are my top three <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, what about must have what do you think uh brands uh, must have today they must have an emotion-driven story that isn't mm -hmm. just like a cover letter for a resume kind of sounding thing. <laughs> like, this is my work experience and why like my business is good. Um, they have to realize that their products are 
not God's gift to the world <laughs> and that there mm -hmm. is so much competition out there that you need to keep figuring out what that differentiating factor is and it's not going to be the product. And then mm -hmm. ignoring opportunities in content, I think embracing content would be a must have to really stand out in, in the sea of competition. Nice, nice. Okay, let's talk about uh, sharing stories. Uh, for example, uh, you know, in crypto niche uh, or uh, in the industry, I don't know, like how to earn money online. I found all stories are uh, similar. Uh, I invested hundred dollars, got a million dollars, you know, something like this. And yeah, that was simple, not hard. Just read uh, the whole article. Can you tell stories uh, that webmasters can write in jewelry industry? You know, uh, how to impress your readers uh, by your story? I think you, I mean, it takes creativity. I'm not sure mm -hmm. everyone is like suited to brainstorm topics. And I think it's because they consume so much of the same stuff that it's hard for them to think about some other possibility. Just like you said, everything in the crypto niche is the same thing. So how, what would make you think of something different? I think for jewelry business owners, they frequently look at other jewelry businesses to kind of see like, oh, what should I be talking about or writing about? You need to look at all industries, beauty industry, apparel, maybe even tech, you know, you need to step outside of the industry and maybe find a brand you admire in a different industry to get fresh ideas because being in your own bubble is just going to make you do more of the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I have the question about uh, promotion. Uh, we touch topics about creating content, creating strategy, but how to promote uh, website content in jewelry niche? Uh, you can share about link building or any other methods how to uh, get people uh, know about your content. Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm super passionate about this too. So Yes, I believe in the power of SEO, and that is the primary reason why content should be made. But content can also be a structure for all of your digital marketing. So you can write one blog post for, let's say, at the beginning of the week. And like your email marketing could kind of talk about that in different ways so that you're not always just like, here's another sale. Oh, come look at this product again. Or like, here's a new product that gets so boring. Send an email that somebody wouldn't expect about something different. And your blog post can help you structure that and communicate that. And then with social media too, I mean, that can become a grind. You're just posting pictures of your product every day. What if your blog posts like gave you something new to post about on social media? So it's about having a content calendar and structure that pulls all of these things together and always gives you something new to say, keeps it fresh, keeps it less product driven, um, delights your customers. You know, it's a, it's kind of a full circle thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, uh, for example, I see uh, two methods, even three methods. The first method, uh, websites like Forbes, I don't know, many others like uh, CNN, uh, even Neil Patel, uh, uh, you know, uh, big websites with loyal audience, they don't use link building, they don't provide any promotion because their audience can uh, get all this message to share on social media and they can deserve links naturally, you know, and yeah, it works well. Uh, 
for new websites, it doesn't work because you need to have some authority, you need to deserve it, and it takes time. Uh, and uh, the third method uh, I found when webmasters uh, that have no authority or enough authority, but they don't care about link building, they create uh, high quality valuable content and without investing uh, additional resources to the building they improve their content and in some time it works well so they can get results as well can you tell how to choose the right way <laughs> for example uh, to uh, to analyze your benchmark in jewelry industry or anything else uh, when uh, or for example how to find how much money to spend on uh, promotion and link building yeah, that's a very complicated question. <laughs> I find with most of the clients I work with, we're not on like super unlimited corporate budgets. So we need to prioritize. I think the link building part takes a little bit of a backseat and we're more focused on just the quality content. You know, I would rather put more time and effort into that than trying to like finagle like some kind yeah. of link strategy if we were at like a higher level with more resources and maybe there was like a whole team behind it, yes, okay, that would be a nice extra. But I haven't found that not focusing so hard on link building hasn't neg negatively impacted the results in any way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, got it, yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about, uh, let's imagine, uh, you have no experience, knowledge, skills, uh, you know nothing, almost nothing about jewelry, but you are passionate about that. What will you do today to learn more about content marketing in jewelry niche? <laughs> hmm, that's a good question. I think that you need to see examples first of like what other people are doing. So if you're really passionate about jewelry, maybe there's something you just want to know more about. Like how do you grade diamonds or something like that. And I would literally go search that into Google and look at what is the content that comes up, who are like the different websites that are ranking. And again, knowing nothing about it, maybe just from an outsider perspective, say, what do I like about this article? Or what, what could be better about this article? Why do I think that this is like the number one result? And I think just being curious about it and I don't know. SEO to me, I think is people are afraid of it because it seems like uh, rocket science to some people. Are, but really, there is a lot of like intuition and art to it as well. And I think that if people drop the idea that it's rocket science and more just explore and get curious and playful about it, they'll understand more than they think just by kind of like, looking around and seeing like what Google is showing them and what they like and don't like about those things. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, okay. I have the question about the future. Uh, what do you think about the future in jewelry niche? What kind of future will be? Uh, because, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I remember when I read a study about recession because in recession, uh, many people uh, save money, yeah, uh, buying uh, junk food, you know, uh, or any other stuff, but they don't save money buying jewelry. I don't know why. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, possible they, they want to show they have all, all this jewelry. Can you tell what kind of future will be in jewelry industry? Uh, what to adopt today to uh, cover this future? 
Well, I have to say being in the jewelry industry, many people are slow to adapt and to embrace new technology, which is really mm -hmm. challenging, like working as a marketer in this industry. So I'm kind of there encouraging people to like be curious about new innovations like the metaverse, for example, and what role will that play in like your brand and your content. So there's a whole journey there. In terms of like consumer behavior, I think consumers are so much more savvy about finding good deals online. You know, even if they like something by, let's say, Tiffany, they're like smart enough to find an alternative that looks like that for a price that's better for them. So if a brand really wants to have longevity and a future and they don't want to get stuck in this discounting game, it's more important for them to, than ever before to have a story and value that someone isn't just going to be like, Psh, whatever, I can find something cheaper. You know, like it has to really, really resonate for someone to be willing to spend the money on it. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, once I read a story when guy, one guy uh, bought Palace in virtual game for uh, $2 million for real money, but virtual Palace, <laughs> he spent $2 million. That was record, you know. Yeah, of course, that was awesome Palace, good Palace, <laughs> but <laughs> that was not real. <laughs> so uh, pr probably in the future, customers will buy uh, Tiffany ring, I don't know, or any other jewelry uh, with the biggest diamond virtual diamond but the biggest <laughs> for two million dollars or something similar yeah we'll see we'll see yeah it depends but it's better to learn uh, about new technologies i agree with you uh, and i want to ask the last question about your podcast can you tell what kind of benefits uh, uh, my audience can get by listening to your audio podcast uh, tell more about uh, sharing value uh, how your podcast can simplify their lives and lead in the right direction yeah so my podcast is focused on the jewelry industry obviously <laughs> but i do have <laughs> listeners and viewers who just have product based businesses and they're able to like um, adapt that advice to their businesses. The benefits are that I'm always trying to stay on the forefront of technology. So I'm trying to talk about the things that maybe are scary to people because they're new. They're not sure how to really like approach them. And I have a really balanced and strategic way of talking about things. So I'm not the person out there who's like, yeah, you need to do this. Go do it. It's new. Like you need this. I'm trying to say like, here's the thing. Let's think about it together. And then you can decide <laughs> if it's right for you, you know, and I'm trying to be like realistic about everything and share it in a, in a balanced way. And I also on my podcast have a lot of interviews with other marketers and customer experience experts, e-commerce experts. So I even learn and I love for my listeners and viewers to learn about the things that they can share as well. Yeah, nice, nice. Awesome, guys. You can find the link to this podcast in the description below. Tell our audience how they can re reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, definitely. So you can follow me on Instagram at Joy Joya Marketing. You can try to spell out my name and find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, or you can visit joyjoya.com and the Joy Joya podcast on YouTube, all the podcast places. So you can find me in a lot of spots. <laughs> Okay, guys, if it's hard for you to spell uh, Larissa, we're, uh, 
we're stuck name uh, you can find the link in the description below so you need only to click to this <laughs> yeah that Pretty makes it much easier <laughs> yeah and you can follow larissa everywhere uh to learn from her because you can see a lot of valuable insights a big pleasure again you know to get you on my podcast to learn from you uh, i love to learn from uh different industries you know it's my passion because if i need to get new ideas I don't take them from competitors. I just open a different niche and I know my competitors can ignore it. It's better to learn from that and consider, you know, by creating content in my live niche. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Listen uh, us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.